Every year we go through different seasons, the summer, the monsoons, the rainy season. Similarly, in church life, we also go through different seasons and events in the church calendar. You know, we have Easter, we have uh, Friendship Sunday, we've got Christmas that we celebrate with the Christmas carol evening, we, we have uh, New Year, and uh, now we've begun the New Year, and there's one important event in the life of the church, which is, uh, Joe alluded to it, which is Gift Day. You know, so every year, we, we collect one, annually, once a year, we collect an offering towards extraordinary expenses. And uh, so this, this morning, I'm going to share from God's word about giving. Now, uh, the, the gift day offering, people may be wondering, what is this gift day offering about? Well, one is we're giving towards the regions beyond pot. You know, we, we are part of a family of churches across India, right from Nepal to UP, to Kerala, to Andhra Pradesh, Nasik, and Punjab. And we, we're a family of churches, and we help one another. And the aim is to build people up to meet needs and to plant churches across the nation. If we want India to be changed, the only way forward is when more and more people bow their knee to Jesus. That's Jesus is the only hope for India. And planting of local churches is the only way things will get transformed. You know, we look at countries like America and the UK, and we see the prosperity, and we see the order. We, we see all that there, and we say, wow. And millions of Indians say, I want to go there. You know, think about it. What do people say? I want to go and settle in America, or I want to go and settle in, in, in Canada, and, and all these things, you know. But wh why do they do that? Because of the order. Okay, because of the prosperity. This is what happens. And, you know, these nations have these things because really it was the gospel that changed things uh, in, in those nations. Okay, it was because of the gospel. And so we, we also want to see our nation blessed and transformed. And we know that the only hope for our nation is the gospel changing lives of people. Okay, so we want to support uh, church planting through regions beyond across uh, our nation. We want to give towards the poor. That's what we want to do. You know? And uh, we've been doing that. I, I want to just so thank Word of Grace. I think you are a very, very generous church. You know, we, we aren't a huge group of people. Yeah, We aren't extraordinary rich people. But every month, this group, look around, gives... 80,000 rupees towards Jog, and we are supporting six pastors across India, rations to 15 families, helping with medical needs. This is commendable. All right, let's, let's dive into the word. So uh, as a people, you know, we're very embarrassed to speak about money and diffident about it. You know, when was the last time you, you went up to somebody and you said, oh, by the way, you know, uh, What's your salary? Anybody done that? Let me see any hands. <laughs> or when did you go to your neighbor and say, you know, uh, uh, you know, say a new neighbor that's moved in across your house and you say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm married, this is my husband, uh, I've got two kids, and this is my salary slip. Have you ever done that? You know, no, we, we don't do that. We, we, we'd rather not talk about money. But we want to be a biblical people. 
And if you go to the Bible, we'll see that about 15% of the Bible, of what Jesus spoke about, had to do with money and possessions. Isn't that incredible? Jesus spoke more about money and possessions than he did about heaven and hell and prayer. So money seems to be important. In fact, Jesus said this. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So really, if you want to see where is somebody's heart, what is your spirit, a spiritual barometer of your spirituality, we look at how we spend our money. How is it invested in the kingdom? And uh, so today I'm going to speak about gift day. Remember, we do this once a year. Okay, we do this to support Stand with Regions Beyond, church planning across our nation. We do it to help the poor and needy as we are doing. And, and we do it for our own needs. You know, many, I mean, those of you who have attended Word of Grace in person, not just online, but in person, now we've got to make that distinction. You know, one of the things that people comment about, okay, let, let me ask you the thing. What is the one of the things that people love about Word of Grace, okay, that they speak about when they come to our church? Anybody? The warmth and the love. The warmth and the love. Yes, excellent. One more. Worship. The worship time. The worship time. Friendship. The friend. So there's warmth and love. There's friendship, but the worship. They say, ah, oh, the worship here is amazing. Now, there are many reasons for that, but one of the things that has helped in worship is just the sound system that we have. Now, we always didn't have that sound system. Okay, but many, many years ago, we, we took up a gift day offering like this. And, and through that, you know, we, we, there, there were some people who blessed the church and we were able to buy this sound system. And, and because of their generous sacrificial giving, hundreds of people have been blessed with enjoying the presence of God because of their giving. Amazing. All right. So, so that's where it is. So let's pray this morning. And let the Lord speak to us. Father, we thank you so much that you are our good God. You are our Father. You are our rich provider. Lord, I pray that I speak your word, that your word would be life to us. Lord, your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and our hearts and we would be transformed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Now I'm going to share a PowerPoint and uh, let's see how that comes about. And okay, can you all see the PowerPoint? Yeah? Yes. Yes, you can see the PowerPoint. Okay, so bi biblical giving. Now, just as in any area of church life, whether it's marriage, whether it's parenting, uh, we, we need to be biblical in our thinking. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul writes, he says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? Well, what that means is, when we are born into this world, we, we have a certain way of thinking. Do you remember that? Yeah? We, we, we have an upbringing. We're brought, you know. You know I, I remember, as a child, um, my... Um, I used to fight with my sisters a lot. Okay, small kid. And my mother said, Colin, what is this? You're fighting with your sisters? What will you do when you when you grow up? Will you fight with your wife as well? And uh, 
you know, so she said that, and she said, what will you do when you'll fight? And I said this, I was a young boy, seven, eight years old, or, you know, I said, I said, if we fight, I'll divorce her. Okay, now that's a young kid picking up these values from the world. But when we come to Christ, okay, what we need to do is we need to look at the Bible and see what does the Bible say about handling fights and quarrels and divorce, you see? So we need to change our mindset, okay, from the worldly mindset to a mindset based on the Word of God. So let's look this morning at biblical giving. And uh, reasons to give. Well, why should we give? You know. And the first reason I've got this, I've got four reasons to give. There, there are many reasons, but we don't have time to that. And the first one is because of our salvation. You see, if we are truly saved, when we are truly saved, God changes our hearts. And how do you know that somebody's heart has been transformed? Jesus said it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let's look at Luke chapter 19. You know, you're all familiar with the story. There was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Okay, and the tax collectors were hated by the Jews because they were Jews who would collect taxes from the, Jew, from the Jews and they would pass it on to the Romans. Okay, they did the dirty work. And so Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. Luke 19 verse 1. He was the chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Okay, and uh, so this is what happens. He wanted to see Jesus. Uh, if you look at 19, verse 1 onwards, and who Jesus was, and because he was a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Verse 4, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus saw him, Jesus reached to the spot. He said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now, what happened to Zacchaeus when he heard the voice of Jesus? You know, he wanted to see who this Jesus was. He even climbed a tree to see who he was. And all Jesus said to him was, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. In that brief transaction, Zacchaeus got saved. How do we know that? Did he say the sinner's prayer? Let's see what happens. Verse 7, oh, sorry, verse 8, and that's on the screen. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And what did Jesus say? Verse 9 onwards, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. So you see, when we are saved and we understand what it means to be saved, it is easy to part with our wealth. It is easy to give. It is easy to share because we realize what God has done for us. Okay, What, what has God done to us in, in, in salvation? Our sins are forgiven. Can you imagine? We deserve to go to hell because, of, because we are sinners. All of us. But Jesus died on the cross for us and our sins, past, present, future, are completely wiped off. There's nothing we can do to change that. Wow. 
It's a great salvation, you know. But, but, you know, the other thing is you may have all the money in the world. But if you don't have Jesus, Jesus says, what is it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? So one of the reasons we give is because we realize, Lord, I deserved hell, but I'm getting heaven. Last week we looked at it. You know, we, goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. You know, I'm going to heaven. Wow. Nothing on this earth can hinder that. Praise God. Okay. So Zacchaeus' life was transformed when he was saved, especially when, when he came to when it came to giving. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Okay, so this is what Jesus did. He had everything in heaven. He didn't have to come down to earth. But he took, he, he came down to earth. He was born in a stable, placed in a manger, lived a poor life. Why? For our sakes. Okay. So the first reason is because of our salvation. And I want to ask you two questions this morning. Number one, are you saved? Is the question. Do you know for certain that if you died today, you would, your sins are forgiven and you would go to heaven? Okay? That is a key question. And, the, and we are only saved when we put our faith in Jesus. We say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. You died for me. I'm trusting in you and I'm going to follow you. When we do that, I, Lord, I repent of my sins and I believe you rose from the dead. I'm not going to follow you. When we do that, we cross over from death to life. And, and how do we know that that prayer is genuine? Simple. Like Zacchaeus, it transforms the way we handle our riches. There was a man called Sam Houston, who was a drunkard, who was a womanizer and everything in America. Okay? And uh, he got saved. He got saved. He was born again. And uh, then when he was getting baptized and getting into the water, the pastor said, Sam, uh, you know, Take out your wallet. It's going to get wet. And Sam said, no, I want my wallet also to get baptized. <laughs> and so he got baptized with his wallet. And from then on, he became a generous giver to Christian causes. Okay, let's move on. The, the second reason to give is because of evaluation. The first one was salvation. The second is because of our evaluation. What do I mean by evaluation? Okay. You know, now as we are giving here, your giving is anonymous. The church does not know how much you have given. But somebody knows, and that is Jesus. And we come to Luke 21, you know, a couple of chapters later, where we see that as he was, as he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting gift, their gifts into the temple treasury. That's the key thing. Jesus is watching and is evaluating. We'll come later to it. You know, where he says, he saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. And he says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Okay, so what is Jesus doing? Jesus is watching. And Jesus is evaluating. Okay, so before we give and decide to give, you must realize that our giving is going to be evaluated by Jesus. Right? Let's move on. 
The third reason to give is because of heaven. What do we mean by because of heaven? Okay, you know, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus said this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So Jesus is saying very clearly, he says, hey, don't amass wealth on earth, but this is what you need to do. So Jesus is not against you storing up treasure. Let's be clear about that. Okay? But he is guiding you as to where to store up treasure. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, you know, he says, do not store up treasures on earth. But in verse 20, he says this, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Okay? Don't store it on earth, store it in heaven. Now the question is, how do we get our treasure from earth to heaven? Do you know of any bank that will do an NEFT, IMPS? Does Google Pay have a branch in heaven at the pearly gates? Okay, how do we do it? <laughs> okay, now that's a very good question. And the answer to that question is this. So, so let's get the point first. Jesus is saying, store up treasure. But don't store it up on earth, put it in the heavenly bank. This is Jesus saying. How do we get it up? Okay, this is it. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, 18 to 20. This is Timothy's talking about people who are rich. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So what Jesus is saying is when we do good deeds, when we are rich in good deeds, when we are generous and willing to share, and other verses speak about giving, when we do that, we are laying up, we are transferring that treasure into our heavenly account. Okay? One day we're going to heaven. You know, we can't get there on our own. Jesus is going to take us. We can't take anything with us, but we can send it ahead. So, so that's the promise of, 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 of Scripture, that we are laying a rich treasure for ourselves in heaven as we give generously now. Okay, okay. and uh, let, let's move on. The fourth reason to give is give because of the harvest. Okay, and this is what 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is a principle of sowing and reaping. Okay? And, 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 what, what, and what Paul is writing is this. He says, if you sow, if you give little, the principle is you will reap whatever you sow, that you will reap also little. But if you sow generously, you will reap generously. And the reason we are reading these verses is because I want faith to rise up in your hearts, okay, as you think about giving. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, he says, Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So here is another way we need to give. He says, not reluctantly. Don't give it, oh, I have to give. No, don't give not under compulsion. You don't have to give. Okay? But for God, but give from your heart because God loves a cheerful giver. All right? That, that's what it is. 
And on verse 8 gives us this amazing promise. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Wow. So get hold of that promise. God says, hey, you're going to be blessed in every area of your life as you give. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Okay? So I'm not giving you these promises. These are promises from God's word. Let me ask you, those of you who have given in the past, have you experienced the blessing of God? Give me a thumbs up. Yeah, you've experienced the blessing of God. You know, I tell you, God, we cannot outgive God. Okay, he just gives us so much. Okay, let, let's move on to how to give. Okay, so we looked at the reasons of why we need to give. Yeah, now let's look at how to give. Now, the first thing is we need to give proportionately. Okay, everybody thinks so. Now, let me ask you a question. One person gives 5,000. Another person gives 50,000. Who gave more? The first one or the second one? Let me see your fingers up there. Anybody? <laughs> I, I gave you the answer here already. So that was... <laughs> okay. So the amount does not matter. What matters is the proportion. Okay. And we saw that very quick, very uh, in, in the widow's giving. You see, this widow had two copper coins. She had two. You should, you know, one rupee and one rupee. And all she could put in the offering was that one rupee and another one rupee. That's it. Okay. The rich people were putting in huge checks, thousands of rupees and everything. And Jesus and his disciples were watching. And Jesus says this. I tell you the truth. That poor widow gave more than all the others. If you look at the Mark's, Mark's account of this incident, the disciples ask, hey, how come? How did they? she give more? She gave only two rupees. They gave 50,000 rupees. He says, she gave everything that she had to live on. They gave out of their wealth and they didn't even miss what they gave. You see? So Jesus' way of evaluating is different. So, so this morning, if you, if you feel, hey, you know, I, I can't give much because I don't earn much. That's fine. God is not looking at the amount. He's looking at the proportion and the sacrifice. All right. And we're not competing with one another in our giving. We are giving before God. Let's move on. Uh, we, we saw that verse already. And uh, okay. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 2, Paul writes, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside of money in keeping with his income. You see the, the law of proportionality there? It's to keep it. It depends on how much you earn. It's a percentage you're keeping. All right? Not necessarily a fixed amount. Because, you know, we can think, oh, I'm giving 10,000 rupees. Great. But really... Is it in proportion to your income? That, that is what God is looking at. So we need to give proportionally. Secondly, we need to give generously. Okay, what does it mean to give generously? Look at John chapter 12, where Jesus, just before his crucifixion, 
is, is having a dinner in his honor. John, John chapter 12. We'll read from verse 1. Uh, six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was being given in his honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Wow. Now, you know, we, we don't even probably know what nard is and what is a pint of nard, you know, but thankfully, the Bible tells us what was this perfume worth? And that's the verse I have there. It says, okay, verse 5. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? That was who, that was, uh, that, that was Judas. He says, it was worth a year's wages. So think about it. How much did Mary give? Take your salary, multiply it by 12. That was the worth of that perfume jar that Mary took and broke and put it at Jesus' feet. Now, is that extravagant, generous giving or what? Tell me. Yeah? Wow. One year's wages. She put it at Jesus' feet. What, 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 how did Jesus evaluate her giving? Look at verse 7. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. All right? And and, and 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 that's what Jesus said. He says, you know, what she has done, we look at the other trans, uh, account in the Gospels, it's a beautiful thing. That's what she has done. Wow. You know? And, and as we give, you want Jesus to comment on your giving. And, and, and what do you want Jesus to say? You know? Wow. That giving was a beautiful thing. This is what Jesus, what Jesus, you know, that leave her alone. Okay, she's doing it because of my burial. Wow, amazing, amazing, amazing. You know, uh, many people came after Jesus was placed in the tomb to anoint his body and to embalm his body on the third day. But the body was not there. Jesus had raised from the dead. Only Mary had the opportunity to give towards Jesus' uh, burial. Okay. And uh, in, in, in Mark chapter 14 of the same, of the same uh, parable, it says, uh, same account, leave her alone, verse 6, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Wow, she has done a beautiful thing to me. And in 9, he says, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Okay? Jesus valued Mary's sacrificial, generous giving. Wouldn't you like Jesus to say this about your giving? What he has done is a beautiful thing. What he has done is a beautiful thing. All right. So giving generously. The third thing is giving sacrificially. You know, Let's say somebody comes to, to you and says, hey, can you give me 100 rupees? Will it pinch you a lot to give 100 rupees? No, I think for most of us, 
100 rupees here, take 100, take 500. You know, it won't pinch us because we are blessed. We have so much. Okay? But the kind of giving God is looking for is sacrificial giving. In 2 Samuel 24, 24, you know, David builds his altar at, at the house of Aruna, and, and, but the king, the king replied to Aruna, 24, 24. He says, no. Aruna said, David, take this. D don't pay me anything for it. Okay? It, it's my gift to you. And King David said, no. I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Okay? Now, think about it. You know, we can give money where it doesn't pinch us, it doesn't cost us. Well, we just give, by and by. Okay? But God is looking for a fragrant sacrifice. So, you know, sacrifice always costs. And, and you know it costs when it pinches. Okay? If it doesn't pinch, there's no cost involved. So, so giving sacrificially. Now, you may be saying, Colin, you don't know me. You know, I've not been getting my full salary and so forth and so forth. Look at what 2 Corinthians 8 speaks about. This is the largest chapter on giving in the Bible. Okay. And in chapter 8, Paul is writing and he talks about the Macedonians. And he says, now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that was given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, these weren't rich people. They didn't have the latest iPhone. They didn't drive a fancy car. Okay, but they were in extreme poverty. What did they do? He says, for I, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. These poor people said, we want to give. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Wow. So it wasn't Paul chasing them. He said, hey, Paul, we want to give. We want to help. And they did not as we ex accepted, expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. All right. So this is an example from scripture of Macedonians who are in extreme poverty. And they pleaded and they said, and they gave with joy and rich generosity. That's an amazing, amazing uh, example for us, you know, that we need to give sacrificially. Okay, what are you sacrificing in order to give for gift day? And, and we looked at those verses earlier. Okay, so we'll, we'll come to that. So they gave sacrificially. And then we, we saw, so, so let's wind up this thing. We can give, how do we give? We give proportionally. We give generously and extravagantly like Mary. We give sacrificially like the Macedonians. Okay? And I want to bring this to a close this morning and to say that once again, Word of Grace is such a generous church. In fact, there are some people who have already given for the gift day offering. Okay, amazing. I didn't have to chase them, but, but they've given. And I just commend you for that. Okay, and, and they've given generously. You know, now people may be wondering, hey, how much should I give? What are we talking about? Wow. Okay, and uh, so that I want you to seek God on that. 
Okay, what is sacrificial for you? What is generous for you? You know, and uh, that, that, that is up to you to decide between you and God. And, uh, and, and for us to know that as we give, remember what is happening. We are saying, Lord, everything I have is from you. Okay, that, That's what it is. Uh, you know, I have a neighbor in the building just now who is very wealthy, very wealthy. All right, they have an Audi car. Anybody here has an Audi? Okay, okay, you know, rich, a lot of money, everything. Suddenly, last week, she had uh, a bleeding in the brain, brain surgery in coma. Okay, now why am I saying this? One day we will all leave this earth. <laughs> you know, one day we will leave this earth and we've got to send our treasure up to heaven. And we need to have that biblical perspective of how we are living. That's what it is. Okay, we need to have that biblical perspective. One day Jesus will evaluate our giving. And we want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And on earth, Jesus has promised to bless us as we give. Okay? You know, as Kishan and Nuthan, uh, as they take the rations and they give it to people. You know, people, as we've mentioned, like Ashwini, who just gave birth to a son. Her husband committed suicide. People are in horrible situations. Horrible situations. Okay? We, we are living in the lap of luxury. Okay? And... Uh, as we give those rations to them, as we serve them, as we do things, they are so thankful for our giving. As we support pastors across the nation, okay, in places we would never go and can't go. But as we do that, wow, we are, being, we are touching lives through our giving. Let's pray this. Uh, some practicalities. I'll just give you a couple of things here as we end the message. How do we give? Simple. You have the Word of Grace account to a bank transfer into Word of Grace. What do you mean, saying, Colin? I want to give, but this has been a tough month for us, and uh, you know I don't have the money right now. I know I'll get the money down the line, but I'll tell you what you can do. This is what you can do. You you can fill in a pledge form. We'll give you a pledge form so that we can also budget. And uh, just say, I would like to give X amount of money. That's all, you know, by this date. Simple. Okay. So, so your heart is in there, but you don't have uh, liquidity right now. That's fine. Okay. And the, the last thing you can do is also, you may want to give a big amount, but you're saying, you know, I can't give it at one shot. No problem. You can do it like others have done in installments. Say, I'll give a certain amount every month for the next three months, or the next six months or whatever. Okay. So I'll just leave that with you, and uh, we will end there. Let, let's pray this morning. Let's pray. Now, in the midst of all that I've shared, okay, we, we need to realize that we cannot give unless we have the grace of God upon us. Remember, if you're not saved, your heart has not been transformed, so giving will be alien to you. Okay? Even when we are saved, we need the grace of God. The Macedonians were able to give generously because of the grace of God upon their lives. Okay, and uh, so let's pray for that because if the grace of God is not there, it'll be a fleshly thing. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for our great salvation. Thank you that one day we're going to leave this earth and we're going to join you in heaven, Lord. We don't know when that'll be. Lord, you've said 
send your treasure ahead of us into heaven. Lord, help us to do that today. Lord, we acknowledge that we are blessed beyond measure. Lord, I pray for your grace to be poured out upon us that was a word of grace, that we would be like the Macedonian church. We would be willing to give generously, hilariously, cheerfully. We would be like Mary who gave extravagantly. And we would be like the widow who gave sacrificially. We would be like Zacchaeus who gave immediately as a result of his salvation. Lord, would you pour out your grace? Lord, we confess we can't do it on our own. We need your grace to do it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. Thank you.